Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of our podcast, Getting to Better Together, which is sponsored by the Centre for International Development, Social Entrepreneurship and Leadership at the University of the Sunshine Coast and supported by Noosa Radio FM 101.3. I'm your host, Richard Borden. Before proceeding further, I wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, the Gubby Gubby people, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. As regular subscribers to this series will know well, the central theme of our podcast of Getting to Better Together is that it is only through collaboration that we will be able to deal successfully with the pressing issues of the day. In our roughly three dozen episodes to date, with but a few notable exceptions, however, our focus has been on big-picture aspects of these issues. Our interviews have explored matters such as the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change and sustainable development, from global and national perspectives. The together factor at this level has tended to be non-inclusive of participation, certainly at the level of individual citizens or even of local communities. And in this episode, we want to change that by focusing our talk on our own back door, as it were. It's increasingly apparent to us all that leaving it to others to fix is not working. It's clear that we cannot rely alone on action actions for desirable change by national governments international organizations like the UN, educational institutions, or, heaven forbid, transnational corporations. Specifically, we'll be talking today about the role and significance of local government in helping to deal with the most serious matters. We want to discuss how local government councils, and NUSA in particular, are translating these global issues into local communal actions, focusing on the global, as it were, and helping us to learn how to work together for the greater good of our natural environment, as well as of our own communities and individuals within them. To engage with these challenges today, it's my great pleasure to welcome the Mayor of Noosa Council, Claire Stewart. Welcome, Claire. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Looking forward to having a chat. And I welcome you. Claire will be no stranger to our local audience, of course, but for those further afield, I'd I should mention that she holds degrees in business as well as in law, including a Master of Laws and was a barrister before her marriage. She's a public speaker, a nationally accredited mediator, and the author of an extraordinarily poignant autobiography, Standing on My Own Two Feet. Let me start by, by asking you, how is Noosa Council engaging with the members of its communities in issues that might seem all too overwhelming beyond their immediate control, or at least any issue for that matter. Councils are, and we see this um, across the board, councils are going through increasingly uh, unprecedented uh, pressures and changes, COVID, uh, global pandemics. Um, this year we faced two floods. Um, so, you know, all councils are facing their fair share of obstacles. Uh, and community expectation is high, as it should be. You know, we're a service provider. Um, and our ability to generate income and deliver projects, we have found uh, certainly over the last 12, 18 months, two years with COVID, not only have we had COVID and the lockdowns, we've now seen across the board, uh, you know, incredible rates of inflation. We've seen uh, difficulties for businesses to get staff. We've seen increasing prices on um, in infrastructure projects because of the, the rising costs of, of so many, um, you know, 
different areas across the field, you know, from steel to, to gravel to whatever you name it, you know, inflation has hit. So uh, we have a, a rate base um, and it's not growing exponentially and, and you know, uh, and nor should it. Uh, but we certainly have, you know, that um, responsibility to deliver um services to our community and also uh, to deliver projects and where it I think last year was our absolute record at 42 million dollars in a capital infrastructure program for the year and this year at 38 and that that's an incredibly ambitious high task we'll reach it and we've got a wonderful team who will deliver it but you know it, we, we are seeing costs increase but we are really focused on grassroots spending for our community bang for your buck so so roads uh you know resale programs community um assets all those things we're very um focused on delivering and and we deliver over 100 the council delivers over 150 services every day so you know on top of all the capital infrastructure we still have those services we deliver every day can you give us some examples of those? Oh, sure. I mean, the library, the New Shore Aquatic Centre, the J, I mean, they're just three community assets. We have under our community development program, a living well program. Uh, we have, um, you know, a huge amount of sports programs. Just next week, I'm a mum with three kids. You know, Noosa Council come and try Sports Day, where Noosa Council puts on a sports afternoon for all the children across um, the Shire to come and have a go at a sport they may like. So all these things are happening every day. Then we've got, you know, the the, um, the support and when we support um, organisations such as Meals on Wheels, the Salvation Army, um, we host a, um, a roundtable with all our um, sort of care providers in that space and our not-for-profits. Uh, that's just a, a really slight example, but that's, that's a, a, you know, it, it is very, very um, broad. Uh, we have a huge amount of services and um, and what we're responsible. And then obviously there's the roads, rates and rubbish, the standard. But there's so much more. You know, I was just last week uh, having lunch, uh, working lunch, and um, I ran into Sip and Connect, which was a group of sort of uh, retirees who Noosa Council have a program where they take them out every week or two and, and they get them together and it's, a, it's it's just a great social activity. Well, that's something that's part of our ageing, our, our Living Well program and, and across, you know, and that's just one example of, of something that we provide. With that as an agenda, and it's certainly not slight, I would have to say, it seems huge to me, how does one sort of change gear to start talking about the bigger issues? I mean, it's all very well to talk about, about local flooding and fire, and of course they are incredibly important and they are the purview of a local council. But there are these huge issues now, aren't there? I mean, climate change and, and COVID is an example of a pandemic, not just COVID per se, but these are the sorts of things we're going to face more and more. In, a, in an area, for those not familiar with, with Noosa, which relies has, has relied historically on tourism. Yes, look, it has. And, and look, but, you know, the... the um, the health sector and um, is, is a big part of our um, economy as well. But you're right, we, we have relied so heavily on, on tourism. And, and during COVID, I think at the height of COVID, we had lost 1,200 jobs just on Hastings Street alone, and we had 4,500 on JobKeeper. So we have really been impacted by COVID. But Noosa is an incredibly strong brand. It's a very well-known brand, and, and we bounced back quickly. And we had this great stat that the businesses that I think – 70% or more or 75, 80% of our businesses uh, had a uh, downturn in revenue 
but 80-something percent stayed open. So it just showed how resilient um, our, our businesses were. And we have 7,000 small, over 7,000 small businesses in Noosa Shire, and the majority of those are um, run by less than four people. So we've got a lot of small businesses, um, and they are the backbone, very much the backbone of our, our community. So um, it has been, you know, the last sort of couple of years, uh, you know, the floods have affected it, the, you know, COVID, the lockdowns. We, we've had a lot of interruptions, but we're a resilient bunch up here in Noosa. <laughs> and are there signs of recovery now, significant recovery? Look, there is, but, you know, there is signs of absolutely recovery. But to put it in context, in the 2019 bushfires, I think the last of the recovery efforts have just been completed. So that shows the length of time. Now, we've got, we had in our, our floods back in February a major landslip, probably the most significant on the Sunshine Coast, uh, 20 to 30 million dollars in, in recovery costs it will be and it will be a, a couple of years in in the process of fixing so you know the, these things these natural disasters are, are just that they're disasters and they take time and we don't plan for them but they have a huge impact on our community on our residents you know who have been displaced but also on our on our service delivery because we have a 38 million dollar capital works program that our our staff are required to deliver but on top of that, we also have, you know, the recovery. And I think we had over 500 operational works were lodged for the recovery on top of that business as usual work. So it is, it's a big strain on a very, on a small council, but, but our, you know, our staff do an amazing job and, and are the best in the business, I think. I've only lived in the area for four years and I've noticed a sort of extraordinary tension here that perhaps one doesn't notice in too many other places. And that's between keeping these beautiful parks all around us, the national parks, and the tensions of, of extraordinary demands for new housing. Is this a, a major issue for council or is it? Look, it is. It, well, what, what is a major issue for council is the, uh, at, at, and we're not alone, it's, it's an issue uh, for all other councils uh, across Queensland and Australia. We're hearing it every day. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a housing crisis, a housing shortage. So, yeah, we absolutely have a shortage of affordable social and worker accommodation. But, you know, what, what keeps Noosa so beautiful and why everyone wants to live here is because we value our, our natural environment so greatly. So that's so important to us. Um, so we actually have a draft housing strategy out for consultation at the moment. And, look, we're not looking at, you know, taking any you know environmentally sensitive land where you know that's all being kept and protected as it should be but we're looking at at areas where we might look at car parks or assets that are already you know that that the land is is um you know degenerated it's it's not good land it's not environmentally sensitive land you know lazy assets planning scheme amendments uh work you know rooming accommodation looking at, at you know can we looking at a whole range of things that form part of this strategy but the most important thing is maintaining and protecting our natural environment because that's why we're, where we're all here in terms of getting the message out to the communities how do you approach that if you have these these growing issues how do people in the community understand the sorts of pressures that you as mayor and the rest of the council are under look i think you have to take the community on a journey i think they have to be fully informed that's a good phrase i like that yeah i i think at every step of the way and you know i do you know we do we're doing a lot of communications the draft strategy number one is to get the feedback first and we've had a great 
a response to the feedback. But not once that's back, it will be taking the community with us on the journey so they're fully informed because, you know, that's when that's when the, the, the rumours start or, you know, the fear-mongering of, oh, they're going to do this or they're going to do that, which is not true at all. But if, if we inform the community and that's our job and we take them on the journey and, again, that's our job, then I think the community will will be 100% behind us because, you know, at the end of the day, this is a really caring community and, and they care about, you know, they care about their people and each other and that and that will shine through. Hey, journey's a great metaphor, I think. Um, yes, yeah, take the community on the journey. I think it's a, it's a really important way to, to phrase it. Well, particularly given that circumstances as they occur illustrate that we're not quite sure the destination. Yeah, that's right. You know, the, the journey's much more difficult to stay on the journey rather than knowing exactly where we want to get to. It's just the journey becomes incredibly important, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. You know, we, we all, you know, at the end of the day, I think everyone wants the same outcome. You know, we all want what want, we all want, but it's, it's just on the how to get there. And that's where the journey comes in. Right. Let me ask you a, a personal question. What drew you into local government? I'd always been interested in politics, uh, and as you very kindly gave me that um, introduction, uh, I had a background in law, and um, and I had three small children, and I did think about running for pre-selection for the state seat of Noosa um, for the LNP. It's no secret I'm a member of the LNP, um, but I decided that with, um, you know, I spoke to a lot of people, I talked to my family, my husband, my parents, who were very supportive, they lived just down the road. And I decided that, you know, the best way to make a contribution to be involved and to be able to be home every night because my children aren't were at that time and they're still small. I think my youngest was three at the time was to be in local government. So um, that it just made sense. And, you know, during the campaign, I felt that win or lose uh, by the end of the campaign, I had won because I was closer to the community. I knew more about community issues. I knew what, what the community wanted. I knew what drove the community. And I had met some really wonderful people uh, who are still close friends. So, you know, I really did feel like at the end of it, I had won either way. Was there any big surprise? Was there anything that you hadn't anticipated whatsoever? Hit you good or bad? After During the campaign or since becoming mayor? Since becoming mayor. I think a couple of things. I think I think the breadth of, of uh, what council does. Uh, you know, we do so much. One day we're talking about coastal hazards adaptation plan. We're talking about affordable housing. We're talking about roads. We're talking about resale programs. We've got issues with the hinterland, which are different issues to issues along our eastern beaches. We're talking about you know um, you know foreshore management plans. So uh, we you know we're talking about a waste strategy. So. The breadth, I think, of, of what a local council uh, does, and, and you know, and it is 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 mind boggling when you're in here. Um, but I think also the support. So we have a huge amount of staff. I think around four hundred and fifty staff, and you know, a great CEO, great executive team, great managers, right down. Everyone, I think, everyone I've met in the organisation, you know, and I go out to the depots a lot and and speak to our parks and gardens workers and. And they all do such a great job. So I think the support is there. So I think it's a, a it's a very supported role, uh, but there's a lot of breadth and depth to the role. I would find it overwhelming, quite personally. <laughs> I think it's it's quite extraordinary. Um, in terms of of special interest groups, is is lobbying a big thing in in local councils? 
Uh, well, actually, if, if you are a lobbyist, um, we actually have to fill out a form. So if, if you are actually on a registered as a if you if you're registered as a lobbyist when you come in we have to fill out a form and say oh, we've met with you the time so it's it's pretty strict so I wouldn't say lobby groups I'd say there's there's a whole lot of groups I think we have three over 300 community groups in Noosa Shire um, we have business associations we have environmental groups we have chambers of commerce uh, so we meet with all of them or, you know, the door's always open to meet with them. That's for sure. So I, you know, I think that I wouldn't say lobby. Um, I would say we have a lot of um, interest groups. Yeah. So that's a better way of putting it. Quite, that's right. Yeah. We said that there's uh, with a long journey without necessarily knowing exactly what the destination is, but you must have a vision. What would your vision be of Nusa in 20 years time? I think 2032 provides an unprecedented opportunity for South East Queensland and Noosa now sits. I advocated very strongly for us to be part of the Council of Mayors, South East Queensland Council of Mayors. So, you know, and I always said, and I, I say it again, to have a voice, we've got to be at the table. So we're now sitting at the table. Um, so I think that what what we will see with South East Queensland and the opportunities to enhance our training facilities, our sporting facilities, make us a more excessive and inclusive, when I shire accessibility and inclusivity. I think these things, look at infrastructure, look at those legacy projects that we want, not just for 32, but for 42 and for 52 and where we want to see our community, what benefits we want to see from that. I think that's a huge opportunity. Uh, I think it's one that now we have the ability to take and, uh, you know, I was very privileged to be voted in by my Council of Mayors to sit on the Brisbane Organising Committee of the Olympic Games along with Lord Mayor Schrinner as the representatives for the Council of Mayors. So, look, that again poses an opportunity. Um, so, this that, that that's a big one. Um, but look, we, we need to always remember why Noosa is special and, you know, we go by the catch cry different by nature. So it's very much about protecting and enhancing the environment that we have, that we all love so dearly, but it's also supporting our businesses, supporting our businesses, supporting our workers, our at most at risk, our vulnerable, ensuring that everyone, you know, it's a fundamental human right to have a place to live and a place to feel safe. So that's that's certainly very much a part of of, of you know, my thought um, train, uh, I don't believe that um, supporting the environment, protecting the environment and supporting our business community and supporting our workers are mutually exclusive. I think that, I think we can do both. I think we can do it all. Absolutely. And I think we can do it all. Um, it's just a matter of how we do it. We need to do it smart and we need to do it with consultation with our residents. No. They have to be mutually inclusive, don't they? One of the things that we've talked a fair bit about, because it's a personal interest of mine, is how people learn to deal with complexity. Uh, there's a tendency all the time to sort of simplify complexity rather than work through it and then find solutions is the wrong word, but ways forward after we've gone through the complexity. Do you get a sense that the, the, the council has a handle on, on complexity? Absolutely. Look, we have uh, a huge, we've got sort of five different areas and every area has a, you know, a specialty. So uh, environment, sustainable, um, you know, we've got the uh, um, planning, we've got corporate services, we've got capital infrastructure, we've got governance, uh, we've got the whole kit and caboodle and then we've got a communities department and each of those are headed by a, um, you know, a director uh, which sits under the umbrella of our CEO. Uh, so, and under that, there's managers and line managers and, and 
so everyone is, if, even though you know there's there's a huge range of of services and that we provide, and infrastructure and capital projects we deliver, everyone very much has their role. So I do think that um, that we are certainly across it all, and I think we handle it really well. I think our staff should be highly commended. One of the things that I've found as as a newcomer relative to to the area with grandchildren is the remarkable facility of sports. Uh, there are playgrounds, sports grounds. It's quite extraordinary compared to many other places that I've lived and worked in literally across the world. Yes. Look, and look with the um, the Regen Complex at Tawantum, which I'm, I'm certainly advocating strongly for, you know, that is an opportunity to have a fully inclusive sports. Not, I, I don't like to say the word sports because it's everything. It's it's, it's mental health. It's nine different, um, you know, sports clubs. It's it's nine potentially three thousand you know um, members of sporting clubs using it. It's it's just a great community asset, you know. So these community assets we have, and and we've that's one there, and we've got you know across the Shire, uh, they are they're really good. I mean, but we can always and, and the the Noosa Aquatic Centre. I think it's one of the best aquatic centres around. It's it's a wonderful community asset, uh, as is the J, the Bicentennial Hall. We you know all those. Uh, places, the leisure centre, you know, it's always being used. Whenever you go there, the community are using it. The libraries, our libraries are, are fantastic. So I, I think, yes, sport, um, we, we can do more in this space and that, that's certainly a passion of mine. Uh, but I think what we've got, I think we do really well for for a small council with a, with with limited um, resources. And when I say resources, rates, obviously. We're not a large council. We're not, we don't have a lot of, we have very, if, if any, greenfield space. So we've got a bit, but certainly not, we're not looking to broaden, broaden and expand like other areas can across Queensland because we are capped. Uh, so I think we do really well with what we have. One of the other interesting things that one notices when uh, when you come up here is that sort of different um, different groups of, of of people. So we have the tourists, we have long term residents, and then we have visiting residents, as it were. But uh, I find it's an interesting mix. And how does a council deal with that sort of um, differences in? I'm trying to think of the word demography is the word I'm trying to think of. The demographics of Noosa are really quite interesting. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And and we have, you know, you're exactly right, and that's why we've actually just, um, you know, forming the destination management plan, which looks at sustainable tourism. How can we actually provide really uh, tourism that, that's really um I guess wanted um, by by people who are coming here and and who see it of value, but also that it doesn't impact upon our residents. So more tourists means more cars, it means more congestion, you know, more people in the town. So how do we how do we combat all that, but still welcome and encourage our tourists, but at the same time ensure that our residents aren't losing amenity, and that's why we're forming up the destination management plan, and we're we're forming a um, project control group with with a whole range of people to address that issue, uh, stakeholders, industry experts, and we're calling for the people in our community, three of them with the relative um, knowledge and expertise, to be on that because that's exactly right, and that's exactly what the destination management plan is all about, and and we're we're looking at that, and we're working towards that. Just a, an evocative, if not provocative, question: What what role uh, should universities be playing in all of this? 
Look, I think I think data and and figures and facts are, are key. So I would love to get any data from universities. You know, this is this is the demo, you know the demographics this is what's happening here in October and November. This is how many people came here, and this is why, and this is how long they're staying, and this is how much they're spending, and all those kinds of things. And you know, even you know, this is the research from your residents saying that you know twenty percent think this, forty percent think that. So uh, you know, that's I actually think. You know the research component of of things like the destination management part, plan will be critical because data doesn't lie, and it's so important to have accurate data. Yes, it's a pity that more people don't quite understand that notion. Mm, I think it's important, isn't it? You know, without evidence, it's all just uh, folklore. Yeah, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for taking time and uh, talking with us. Um, My pleasure. I admire what uh, you all do in local government. It's just quite extraordinary. And as you've been talking, this whole image of complexity is built up in my mind. And I, I love the metaphor of the journey. And I wish you well on it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening. And I look forward to our next episode. Thank you and goodbye.